all around the world, many people are selling things. They're selling services, they're selling products, and it may be face-to-face -face or over the phone, and many of them don't do it very well. Eve, what do you think are the three most common mistakes that salespeople, particularly new salespeople, make? They fail to build a relationship with people, they talk too much, and they try too hard to sell. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, why don't we have a look at some of the basic sells, uh, selling skills? And I, I'm thinking there for a person who is particularly new to selling and they want to learn how to do it. What would be skill number one in your opinion? A positive start. The way that they introduce themselves, the way that they first talk to the client, having a positive mindset that they feel good, they're happy about this job, they like the product and they're off to a good okay, start. Fine. All right, so you've got your positive mindset, but what do you actually do? How do you actually start? Because I know a lot of salespeople say, what do I say to the customer? How do I approach them? So what are some good opening lines? Well, you can say if you sense that they're in a hurry, look, I can see you're in a hurry. Can I help you quickly? Nice. Um, you might be saying something to do with the weather. Gee, you must be freezing up there if you're on the phone and you know that there's somewhere where it's very cold. Um, some other ones? Perhaps a question style where it's a simple one of, can I help you? Is there anything here that you'd like me to show you? It's interesting because I've heard there's some controversy about that, can I help you argument. Some people would say, don't ask that because all the customer needs to do is say no and then you have to back off. What's your opinion about that? I think that sometimes people need a little acknowledgement, even if they say, no, I'm just looking, because then you can look at what they're looking at. And I certainly prefer that than somebody who's on the phone making their own sure. phone call and not, you know, not making the um, approach. What I really like is when somebody comes up and says, uh, look, I'm just over here. If you need me, ask me, because I just like to be left alone. Are there any other opening lines that you would suggest? No, I think that what we need to do is get on to continuous rapport, which okay. is skill number two, right. because part of that is that you need to really get into a conversation which is going to start to help you sell. Yep. And you haven't got a lot of time. I mean, I don't want people to build a lot on the opening when, in fact, they should be right into the cell. You know, you know what I love? Even when you have to deal with people and it's a very automatic interaction because they just have to ask you certain questions, where they kind of fill it with just little kind of comments like, you know, how's the weather where you are or did you have a nice weekend, while maybe they're filling out a form on the computer or something like that. Is that what you mean by building continuous rapport? Yes, and it's to be real. Like, so if a, a, a page is taking a long time on your computer to load up and you're talking to them, that you actually say, look, the page is just loading, I hope yes. you don't mind, and now let's go through the questions so that you're actually able to speak rather than having a silent bit. Yes. Or you build on what they say. For example, they might say something and you'd summarise and then ask another question. Or you confirm and commend things that they're saying. Gee, I like the way you're going for those um, beige tones there. I think they are terrific these days, looking, you know, very sharp. Um, whatever it is, you know, you match and listen to the way they speak and they present and you match that appropriately. Okay, so you've made your opening line, you're developing some rapport. Surely selling is about identifying and exploring needs because you, you, you want to match your product or service with the customer's needs. How do you find out what the customer really needs? 
you really want to ask them. And there are some fabulous questions depending on what right. your uh, business sure. is. But for example, if you um, are dealing with a, a business client, you may want to say, look, can you tell me about your business? A nice open-ended question. Um, can you tell me about your role and responsibility? This is where you're building quite a big relationship and it's perhaps for a, a longer-term account or a bigger product. Um, you might want to um, ask them about what sort of problems they've been experiencing. Mm. Just things that you want to know that show interest in you asking about the business but immediately tell you things that you'll be able to match with what it is that you have. And the mistake people make is they rush in with what they've got to sell before yes. finding things out. But of course, you wouldn't do that if you're working in a store and somebody's come in for a printer and say, well, what sort of business are you in? Or would you, would you do it even then? Well, you would, because you would want to know, are they, you know, so that you can then ask further questions where you'll say, so what sort of copying needs would you okay. have in your business of doing, you know, clothing manufacturing? You know, would you be for example, photocopying large size plans because you might want one of the okay. photocopiers with large okay. pa pa page sizes. What about if you find that they're a bit reluctant to give you that information? I mean, some people will happily talk, fine. But what happens for, for, with people who are maybe a little reluctant? They just know that they want a particular model and it's really, where is that model? Rather okay. than, I'm, you know, I don't know what I want, show me around. I think you want to get straight to the point and you just can see that they want to go straight and just say, can you tell me what you're ideally looking for? What exactly would you like? Okay. So even if they say, I want this model, you're saying, still say to them, well, tell me what you're wanting it for because maybe there's, what, a cheaper or better version that I can, I can give you or an alternative I can offer you. Exactly. And what will, what will it do for you when you've got it? You know, what do you expect it to do? Um, how many people will it be used for? You, you really want to get information that you're going to be able to use when you present your solution, which is what you're going for. Okay, so that's in fact the, the fourth skill, which is once you've identified the need, you're saying now present the solution, pre present hopefully the goods or services that you want to sell. Any that's tips right. about that? Well, all the way along and on your way to this solution, you've been identifying reactions or buying signals. You've been looking, you've been listening, and you've been hearing little things that tear you an enthusiasm. So when you go to present the solution, you can feel excited about it because you already know that what you're going to present mm. is something they're going to be interested in, as opposed to randomly just starting with a, with a product. Now, I often hear that there's a lot of importance in the distinction between features and benefits. And I guess for somebody who's fairly new to selling, let's just clear that up. What is the difference between features and benefits? And when do you focus on one? And when do you focus on the other. Okay, features are what something does or looks like. It's a physical characteristic. For example, this pen has a characteristic of being blue and black. Um, it has a characteristic of having a push button. A benefit might be that it looks snazzy, but really the benefit is that by doing this, I can operate it with one hand, take it out of my pocket and write, rather than taking off a lid. Also, I can close it and ink won't drop into my suit. Or another benefit might be that you can, uh, you can change the insert so it, it, it saves money in terms of ink. 
Exactly. Okay, so a, a feature is something about the product. A characteristic. And a benefit is something that is in it for the purchaser. Yes. And what do people buy on, features or benefits? They buy on benefits. Why? They want to know, what can this do for me? How will this solve my problem? And I guess the whole logic of trying to find out what it is they want is that then you can match their wants to the benefits of the product, and that's how you sell. So if they Precisely. say, I want a printer that can do blah, 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 <clears throat> you say, well, here it is, and these are the benefits. That's how you make that connection. You mentioned, now, I want you to talk a little bit about buying signals, because you mentioned that before. What, what are buying signals, and how, what, and how can you recognise them? Well, for example, you might have a person speaking enthusiastically, saying, oh, that's interesting, immediately. Great pen. Great pen. Mm. Touching it. You see somebody touching or feeling, or they pick up the brochure and you see them opening it to a certain page. Mm. Um, they start asking questions, questions about a particular thing. Are there, are there any questions that are, like, particularly buying questions? What, what colours does this come in? How, when, what sort when, of warranty <laughs> do you have? When what's can the, it be delivered? Yes, what's the delivery <laughs> period? Um, are there any discounts? You know, just just things that where it looks like they could yeah. be interested and they might want to go further. But I think that you can even encourage that by getting them to touch and feel things. And I know I get frustrated when people are showing me, for example, a piece of equipment, and I, I really want to try it. And a lot of salespeople should be saying, look, why don't you grab the mouse? Why don't you try this yes, program? Why yes. don't you try this? So it's the idea of, would you like to try it on? You know, try the article of clothing on. Would you like to go for a test drive? Actually giving people an opportunity to, to, to do it. And all the way along, you are getting closer to the sale it's yes. like it's you've got to think of it as a bullseye yes. and you're just getting closer and closer and closer to the target Fantastic. but of course what holds you back and is skill number five handling objections yes now that's interesting because what are the sorts of major types of objections that you can get i mean obviously one is uh it really costs too much i didn't want to spend that amount of money but are there other are there other types of objections oh look i haven't got the time to really think about it now it's not the right time it's not the right quality um, there are all sorts of objections but the first thing you have to do with an objection is welcome the objection welcome it yes because and I've spoken to so many sales managers and they say they are excited because an objection is actually the first sign towards it's a buying signal Wow. So that you're saying that an object, if I say it's too expensive, that indicates I want to buy? Well, it indicates that I'm interested in the product. I That's may not true. want to buy yours, but it's too expensive rather than, no, I'm just, I'm just looking. It's her that's buying because okay. you're standing with somebody. Okay. okay. So I, I, and I was speaking recently to a sales manager who says she gets a thrill when, when there's an objection <laughs> because she knows she's going to most likely make the sale because when you turn people around they become really pleased with yeah. you know if you can handle it all right what are some ways of overcoming objections because i think that's something that a lot of sales people particularly new ones have great difficulty with are, if, are there a few t particular techniques yes the first one is to defer the objection so you say look I, I really think the price is, you know, not for me. It's too expensive. Yes. Well, just putting price aside for the moment, there are a couple of things I just want to go through with you and then okay. we can come so back to it. So you just kind of push it aside. You move it aside. Okay. The other one is that you focus on extras. 
of course, you know that you are getting a two-year warranty, not a one-year warranty. It does come with a whole lot of this. And of course, you're able to come back and consult with us free okay. at any time. So yes, it's expensive, but you're getting a whole lot of extras, which actually make it value for money. What, what about that whole thing um, that I, I often hear with the price objection, where they say, well, you know, it might be $500, but if you get five years use, it actually means only $100 a year. You know, they kind of break it down and that's, it, it works out at two cents a day or something. And all of a sudden, it doesn't sound like yes, a lot. Yes, or per person. Yes. This is going to be X per person. I mean, another one is to do comparisons where you compare the product to competitors' products and immediately show why yours is best. Yes. It may even be within your own product range, the one they're looking at, you, you show how much it's got features compared to the lower-priced model. Yes. Or you can use empathy. What do you mean by empathy? You can say, look, I can understand that it is an expensive um, product or it is a lot to pay, but what you're going to get is a lifetime purchase. What about the idea, and this isn't so much an overcoming objections idea, but the, the idea that when offering clients or customers alternatives, always give them three options, like you know, a large, medium and a small. Because apparently, I think I'm right in saying that the research shows that people usually go for the middle one. Is that right? Well, there is that argument, and it is good. And it's strange because I presented that to a leading sales manager, and she said to me, no, you just present the, the best one okay. because you're assuming you've got the best client who wants the best. But, of course, if they do want to go down, you can say, well, yes, there is, okay. but you go for the best. So you always start at the top Absolutely. and work down, interestingly. What about the silent objections? Because a customer or a potential customer won't always actually verbalise, you know, it's too expensive or this or that. What happens if they're just kind of, they're giving you this feeling that they're just kind of not interested? Okay, you're reading the body language and you break the pattern How? of that body language. You go to something else. By the way, something I really want to show you, and you take them to the computer and show them a laptop thing. Change, change the experience. Okay. You know, ask them about the the old product. So, what will you be doing with the old one if if you get a new one? You you just change the direction. Okay, Eva. Are there any final techniques for overcoming objections? Yes, a powerful one is to give testimonials, and it can be I use, we use, or X client has just bought blah, 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 and loves it. And that is an extremely powerful one. I bet it is. And there's also that objection that it isn't good enough or it doesn't meet our needs. And a great way to handle that objection and a lot of other objections is to simply ask more questions. Okay. Well, let's go on to skill number six, which is the one that I'm most interested in. And I think a lot of salespeople have trouble with, which is closing the sale. I mean, all right, so you've done all of the spieling and all of the talk, you've handled the objections. How do you bring it to a conclusion? Okay, you simply ask for the sale. You say, look, would you like to get this today? Um, are you going to be paying by credit card? How would you like it delivered? Do you need uh, a purchase order 
from your company, you just simply ask the factual questions and you'll either get another objection which you need to deal with or you'll disclose. A lot of people are fearful to just ask for the sale. Isn't there a danger, though, that if you close too quickly, you might actually muck the sale up because the customer might feel that you're putting too much pressure and they then want to back off and they'll start saying, like, look, I don't know, I'll, I'll go away and think about it. And, in fact, what do you do if they say, look, I'm not sure, I'll, I want to go away and think about it? Well, you've again got an objection where you just go back and ask more questions about what they want or give more testimonials. So that is going back to the objection. So you simply... You have to loop back. You have to loop but back. what happens if I say, look, I just want to think about it? And, and, and if, I, if I actually resist any more questions and I just start backing away, let's say I'm in a store, I start backing away, I say, look, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, I, I just want to think about it. What do you do then? Okay, you just say, what are the things that would make a difference for you to want to get this? Like, what would be a turning point where you would know that you would not need to think about it? Just so I know, you know, whether it's this product or there's something else or whatever. So you are really going back to find out a little bit more about what their purchasing criteria are. But there are some subtle ways to close which aren't as strong, which are, look, if you do go ahead and buy, will you be needing the quote in writing? Will you so they're be more like conditional closes, yes. are they? Are there any other people that will need to approve this right. beforehand? So it's a discussion about the process yes. of the purchase rather than please make the decision right here and now. Um, you can kind of do an incremental close where you're edging towards the close with little bits. And uh, you can again ask, you know, what are the criteria that need to be finalised for this sale to have happened. Okay, I love that. Okay, let's go to the final of the skills, and that, surprisingly, is completion. What do you mean by completion? I don't know what that means. Well, at the very minimum, there's some paperwork to be done, and there's some computer um, records to be updated. Uh, There may be a thank you that's needed, perhaps a follow-up. It's really good to be in touch with clients, even if it's a one-off sale, to send a thank you or to follow up and ask, especially if it's a big item, how did it go? Um, Did you use it? Is it okay? All right. And finally, Eve, I know there's been some research that was done some time ago about successful salespeople. And it doesn't matter whether they're selling, you know, $2 pens or $2 million space rockets. There are two psychological qualities, (laughs) V for victory, two psychological qualities that seem to be correlated with success. Just briefly, what are they? Confidence and persistence. Okay, thank you very much. I hope we've got both. 